We're back. Today is part two of Beth Ann's story of how she became Holden's mom. If you haven't heard part one, take a minute to go back and listen to episode nine. If you're all caught up, then we'll cut right to it. Stay with us. In January of 2013, my baby girl Betty was born. Later, we discovered she had a chromosomal deletion that would affect the rest of her life. I created this podcast to share the stories and struggles of special needs children and their families. This is episode 10 of Bringing Up Betty. I'm Sarah Evans. When we left off, Bethann and Chris had been to India to meet Holden. They couldn't take him home just yet, but they knew that the finish line was just around the corner. After spending two days with him, they had to say goodbye, but they left a few things with his foster mom to remember them by. We took lots of videos, and and we left videos of us with Holden. We left those um, with his foster mom so she could keep showing those to him so he would keep remembering and like, oh, yeah, that's mommy and daddy, and they're coming back, and they'll be my mommy and daddy forever. And and I will say I think they did such an amazing job of preparing him. Um, We had sent, um, you know, photo albums over and toys over and things like that too. And, I mean, they would look at the photos and tell him, you know, all the time about us. Finally, when Holden was two and a half years old, Beth Ann traveled back to India to pick Holden up and bring him home. When when I came back to get him, um, and Chris was able to come at that point too, his deployment ended up getting pushed back, which was like such an incredible blessing to us. So he ended up having three months at home with Holden before he deployed. On the day when we were officially getting Holden and would be his parents forever, it was just me and Chris was going to come in two days later. And so, but in like right before, I guess I had walked into the room, he was looking at the photo album of me with his foster mom and pointing to me and saying, Amma, because that's the word for um, mama in Malayalam. So he was saying like, Amma. And so, yeah, like he knew, um, which was just, that was really really wonderful um and and it's you know certainly not the case for every child who's being adopted he definitely seemed like quiet and nervous um for sure um because i will say at the time i had no idea that he was such a chatty boy like none like chris and i both thought that holden was like quiet and laid back and he, well, he, he actually is pretty laid back, but man, he is an extrovert to the core and he loves to talk and he's like very boisterous and like big in his expressions. Um, but he was not that way. <laughs> the, the first, you know, few days or first few weeks of, you know, being his parents, um, He was, yeah, he was very quiet, but he wasn't, you know, I've heard a lot of other parents' stories and they'll talk about, you know, kids who just cried nonstop and, you know, understandably, I mean, they're overwhelmed, they're scared, they don't know what's going on. Um, And I really expected that and kind of prepared for that, Um, but we didn't really see that. He just... He just seemed to be quiet and observe, and that's kind of how he took it in. Um, but he also, like, he really readily accepted me as his ama. Like, he, I mean, because he'd been told for quite a while that that was the case, and 
um yeah he he just he, he seemed to just kind of be part of our family pretty seamlessly and then um it just you know over the course of a few weeks and a few months then we started to see his great big personality come out which was super fun just super fun to see Bethany mentioned Malayalam. That's the native language in the part of India where Holden is from. Before they brought him home, Bethany was anxious to learn the language to make Holden's transition as easy as possible. But that would be tougher than she thought. You know, people even went so far like they would ask me like, "Well, is he going to need speech therapy?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." Like he's he um and and for reference, like he so he was two and a half years old when we brought him home. Um and he hadn't he only knew a few words in English. Um his foster mom spoke an Indian language called Malayalam. Um and it's actually a very obscure Indian well, I shouldn't say obscure, but it's spoken in one certain state of India. And so I couldn't even find like um you know they don't have Rosetta Stone for Malayalam or um I couldn't find any really good resources to learn this language so it really was like okay let's like get pictures and have books with pictures and if I need to hold up flashcards with pictures to communicate with him like we'll do that but like I really can't learn Malayalam I have no way to learn this um I even went so far and this was a little crazy um there was an Indian resident that worked at the hospital where I was working as a nurse and i'd heard from someone that he was from the same city in india where holden was from and so i was like okay this is totally crazy and there are tons of indian languages but like i i actually found the dude on facebook and sent him a message and was like if you know malayalam will you please teach me malayalam like i will pay you please and of course the guy who's probably like who is this what is going on he he never like responded back to my message but at any rate so that's how cra- like I was a little bit crazy and I really wanted to learn some of his language to help him to adjust and I wasn't able to but in the end it didn't matter Holden picked up English like a pro Holden came home and within 3 months of him coming home he was ahead of any other child his age in terms of speech in terms of like the English language like he like and to this day Holden is like the biggest talker i know like he is just the chattiest little boy Bethany and Chris have family and close friends who just love their son but before he came home their close community definitely had some concerns There was one reaction when Holden was just a child on paper that we were excited to bring home and a totally different reaction when he was actually home and with us. And I'm sure you can guess that the reaction um when that sweet little child is with you and right in front of you and so amazing and the best kid on the planet is you know that everybody loves them. Um so um and I'm sure you've seen some of that with Betty as well. Before Holden came home, everyone was also really excited. You know, they knew we had been in the adoption process for a while, so then when we announced like we have a son, we have a son in India and here's everything about him, um we got tons of love and tons of support. But I could definitely tell at that time there was a more um reservation about it as well a little bit you know everyone's kind of thinking in the back of their minds like how is this going to go like how is this really going to turn out and you know even from our parents it was like that sense of like 
Yes, we are so supportive. We are excited. But like also because we're your parents, we don't want you to ever go through anything hard. Our parents were feeling that way. Like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? And we're like, yes, yes, for sure. And then of course, yeah. And then Holden came home and it's like everyone loves him and everyone is like, yes, you guys made the best decision ever. (laughs) Holden had been home for several months before he got his first wheelchair. Some people are sad to see tiny wheelchairs. But since Bethann and I both have kids who use wheelchairs, our perspective might be a little bit different. You know, because I used to just carry Holden around a lot when he first came home. And um, then he would, you know, crawl around the house to play. So when people knew he was getting his first wheelchair, they were like sad. Like some people were like genuinely sad. And I was like, no, like we're so excited. And I think, yeah, it's and once they saw him in it, they were like, oh, I get it. I totally get it. Like, just the joy. And and he loves to, like, people compliment him on his wheels all the time. And, well, sometimes I think, like, he gets tired of it and he'll just be like, oh, thanks. And he's like, I'm busy. And he's, like, moving on. But other times he's like, oh, yeah, you like that? And so then he'll, like, pop a wheelie and, like, spin around on his little tiny back wheels <laughs> and, like, yeah, give him a show. With his wheelchair, his huge personality, and his extroverted nature, Holden gets noticed a lot. Beth Ann is confident that this is part of Holden's bigger purpose. You know, even that person who you feel like maybe they're kind of a grump to most people, <laughs> like they love Holden. I mean, everyone loves Holden. So that's that's been awesome to see. And um, man, he is just this incredible blessing to everyone around him. And we tell him all the time to like, God is going to use you to do great things. And in all honesty, like already is, like already is using him. And um, that's been really, really cool to see. And and one of the things I, I, I didn't really expect being the mom of a child with special needs, I, I didn't expect like pretty much everyone we come into contact with to become a cheerleader. It, it just honestly, it feels like everywhere we go, like everyone is on Team Holden. So it's like, it's really sweet. Like man, especially with, you know, with Holden and his wheelchair, I mean, people tend to notice that wherever we go, it's hard to hide a little boisterous child who zooms around on his um, either bright green or bright orange wheelchair. We have two little ones. And people are just, they're always saying like, way to go, or wow, you're so fast, or cool wheels, dude. And that's been really sweet. But that quick wit and extroversion can be a two-edged sword. The one thing that I think um, that makes Holden's disability um, so bittersweet, like despite all of the awesome positives, is because he's so smart and because like cognitively... Like he'll grow up and he'll have, he'll go to college and have a great job. And so we're so excited about all of that. But he also like really understands like, like the full measure of his disability. And, and it's becoming more and more apparent, like the older he gets, like he knows he can't keep up with all the other kids sometimes. And he feels left out. Like, um, like for example, if they're all running around and playing tag in the grass, Holden is either if he's got his wheelchair, then he's like struggling like crazy and can barely move the thing in the grass. Or he's trying to crawl around in the grass and is like frantically crawling, trying to keep up while they just run circles around him. And he's shouting, wait for me, wait for me. Or, um, you know, when kids point or say, 
oh, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with his legs? Which, and usually like they're so innocent and they are just curious. And so, you know, of course we just always try to help them understand and, and teach them about Holden and say, well, he was just born differently and he uses his wheelchair to get around. But like Holden is right there seeing all of that. Like he's, he's taking all of it in. That's, that's hard as a parent to see, like, because he, especially being such an extrovert too, which I think is such a gift of his, but like Holden has a very, very um, strong desire to fit in. And that will always be um, a struggle. There are unique struggles that can come with parenting a child with any disability. And some of those hard parts can be making decisions now that will affect your child in the long term. Being the expert on your child and deciding what's best for them when you don't have a crystal ball. And sometimes you don't even have advanced medical training to know how best to proceed. It's been one of our kind of interesting struggles that we're kind of facing right now is like, what surgeries to choose for him to have. And um, there's no way to really predict what the outcome of some of these surgeries will be. But like essentially they would all be to help his hips and knees and feet and muscles and legs to um, work more fully and um, for him to potentially be able to um, to walk in some way someday, but we don't know if they will work or how well they will work. And they all, of course, cause some pain and some suffering for Holden. And that's been really, really tough as a parent to to weigh through the pros and cons. And like lately, I've just been digging into research studies, trying to figure out like, should we do this? Or what about this? And one of the things that we've heard for Holden is, well, we may be able to do quite a lot of surgeries and get his legs straight and help him if he works really, really hard. And then maybe he can walk with a walker or with crutches or something like that. Um, They're like, but for a lot of kids where even if we're able to do that, as they grow and get older and taller and just weigh a little bit more and they become adults, a lot of them end up just using a wheelchair to get around anyways. And so how much pain and suffering do you inflict just so they can have that mobility during childhood? But then in, you know, this was a conversation Chris and I had and, you know, even I had with my sister Sarah, which is, but we know our child and man, Holden is like the strongest little guy I know in terms of, you know, his upper body and so energetic and so motivated. And so, um, you know, even my sister is saying this the other day. It's like if any child has the the means to like keep on walking through adulthood, she's like, it's Holden. It's Holden. He's the one that has the better shot just based on you know, knowing him and there's no, there's not a formula (laughs) for what we're doing. A Spanish proverb says, where there is love, there is pain. If that's not true in parenthood, I'm not sure where else it applies. I think I assume that because, you know, we went in, eyes open, like saw Holden, chose him, so excited about being his parents. Um, and like, I was uh, like a good little student and, you know, did all my research and, um, felt so prepared that, um, 
that that part of the journey in terms of our coping with his disability would be like easy. Um, and in some ways it is. Um, but there are just times when it just really hits me. Um, and I just sob and just, you know, like you just, I just grieve for him and the, the struggles that he faces. And, you know, in some ways it sounds almost like, Oh, that's like shallow like oh he's like you know has so many things going for him like oh boohoo he uses a wheelchair you know what I mean like but on the other hand like I think I think it is hard for the outside world to understand all the different ways that that can affect someone you know especially as like a busy little child who just wants to do everything everyone else is doing and who just can't all right, that sounds negative too, because in many ways he adapts and he finds a way. Like he does, he finds a way and he is amazing and he doesn't give up. But like at the end of the day, there are just situations where he is left out. Here is an example of a situation that was especially tricky, one that really affected Holden. We went to to an Easter egg hunt at, um, it wasn't our church putting it on, but it was like this great big church in our area um, this past year. And it was in this great big grassy field. And so we've got Holden's manual wheelchair. and But in grass, like, man, it's hard for him. And he has to work so hard. And, you know, we clearly, like, we offer and help to push him and stuff like that. But he doesn't really like to be pushed. Like, he, he really, really wants to do it himself, like, pretty much all the time. And then the other thing is, so, like, we go to this church that wasn't the one we were used to. And there were tons of kids there. And it was, like, all kids who had really, who had never met Holden before. So just like all eyes were just on him, like just everywhere we walked and went, like we could all just like feel the stares and it just felt like, even though, I mean, it's, they're just kids. Like, I mean, they're not, there's no, there's no mean intentions in any of that, but just feeling the weight of that, like everyone is looking at us and we're having to push Holden and he's not running around super fast like all the other kids and and then it was just one of those days where like like Holden every once in a while gets a day like this and we're still not quite sure if it's more just how he's feeling that day or like how much is tied to his disability versus how much is tied to like other feelings he's having but sometimes he gets a day where he's just really not confident and he really just seems like not himself um, and this was one of those days and in all honesty I do feel like because I felt like he was super excited about the Easter egg hunt and then we got there and then he felt everybody staring at him and and um, that's the other thing too is like a lot of times people will talk around him as well like as much as we have like awesome cheerleaders that come up to us and talk to us and tell him he's doing great we have people talk around him and say oh do you see that little kid and a lot of it too is still really nice but or sometimes they'll be like well hey mom why is he in that wheelchair but they're like not talking to us they're talking like around us and it's one of those weird things like I don't want to go up to every single person and say oh hello well he's in his wheelchair because he has arthrogryposis and oh let me spell that for you but anyways it was one of those days and he just he wasn't wanting to do anything like so we were like trying to put him in a bounce house and he like didn't want to do it but part of that too is like and I've seen this happen with him like when we're on 
a busy playground where, you know, because he, he'll park his wheelchair and he'll just like crawl all over the playground equipment. And it's awesome. And like he does such a great job. But when there's a ton of kids, like he honestly just can get like trampled because he's crawling and he's not as fast and they're just like running all around him. And he has been like, like stepped on before. It's just really hard to watch. And he just has some of those days where he's lost his confidence and that joy and that spark that usually is just like always there for him. And those are the days where I think I thought emotionally before I had Holden like, oh, I'll be fine. Like, you know, and I, I'm going to be strong for him. But like, I struggle sometimes. Like I'm like standing in the back, like with tears in my eyes, just like hoping, oh, like, Lord, please don't let anyone see this. And please don't let Holden see like that I'm tearing up. There's one thing that Beth Ann is dealing with, something I haven't had to deal with yet. It's when your child is aware of their disability and they begin to notice how it affects you and other people that they love. You know, we want to be compassionate and and be there for him. And when he's feeling sad that he can't run, run, run the way he wants to, like, I want to be there to comfort him. Um, But also the joy and the blessing that his disability can be. So, like, it's that weird thing of, like, yes, like, we can grieve over this, but then we can also be joyful. And I don't ever want him to feel like when he's talking about his disability with us that like, oh my goodness, every time I talk about this, like mommy is sad. (laughs) Like, cause we've had that happen before. And I always tell him, I'm like, I'll say, you know, the reason mommy's crying isn't because she's so sad that, you know, you can't walk or, you know, sad about any of that. Um, It's because it's really hard for mommies to see their kids go through a hard thing. And even though God made you perfectly and and he loves you so much and God knows better. And even though mommy, mommy gets sad because she wishes everything were easy and perfect, God knows better. And he knows that through this hard thing, you become strong and he can use you. And there have been moments where I've just like burst into tears and I'm like, what is going on? You know, like I just didn't, I didn't expect that from myself. And I think too, like living in the world we live in, where like in Holden's case, we do have so many cheerleaders around us. Like I think sometimes though people don't, it's hard for them to get the hard part about it. They generally don't see when Holden gets stepped on or they don't see when all the kids race away without him. So, so yeah, there are still, still some hard things. Of course, it's not all hard. As a parent, you have the gift of seeing past your child's disability. You can see them as an entire person and all of their gifts that come with that. Holden is just the happiest, most incredible kid. Like he just, when I picture like Chris and mine's life without him, like, yeah, we were probably a little bit less tired. (laughs) But other than that, like, I just think, oh my goodness, our lives must have been so sad without Holden. Like he is just this little explosion of joy. Like it's just, I don't know, it's hard to describe. But, and even with like, with a lot of other little kids, like, He has that ability to like make friends um, quickly and just be somebody that other kids just love and they talk about him and just like enjoy being with him. Man, he's taught me so much about strength 
and determination. And, you know, we, we teach him all the time, like with physical therapy and different things, like, don't give up. Like, don't say you can't. Like, just keep trying. It's okay if you need help right now, but you can do this and we're going to figure this out. Like, we're not going to give up. So, of course, like he uses that on me. Like when I was training for those two, um, I've done two half marathons and Holden would come with me a lot of the time in the jogging stroller and he would tell me like he knew like when I was getting tired on the run, he'd be like, don't give up, mom. Don't you stop. So and it's like it's so true. Like Holden makes me and Chris as well. Like he makes us be better people because we want to be that example for him and because he's taught us so much about having joy no matter what the circumstances are and not giving up and you know being creative and finding a solution and even just has taught me so much about how far just a smile and a hello can go um like chris and i are both more on the introverted side and holden has totally forced me to be someone who who talks with strangers in public and (laughs) does things like that and it's awesome i mean i think he's taught me like a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet like that's totally if Holden would have a life philosophy at this point that's probably it man and even just like about faith I don't know from a really young age Holden wanted to learn more about God and and Jesus and he's just amazed me in that way too like just his heart one of the things he loves to do is like learn Bible verses and he gets like so excited about it if Chris hasn't worked on the same verse or the same few verses for too long. He's like, come on, dad, I want a new one. When I say like to Holden, like God created you perfectly, that is so, so true. And in so many ways, I feel like, you know, God made Holden's legs differently, but like in return, he blessed him with one bazillion percent more of all these other incredible gifts. It's hard to put into words. And I know the people around us see it as well. One of the things I think Holden has done too is open up some other people's eyes to the possibility of adoption and the possibility of adopting a a child with special needs. And so that's been really cool to see too. You know, to hear certain friends and certain people talk about that and, you know, say like, oh, like we're we're maybe maybe thinking about that. And I don't know, I just feel like Holden, and not that like it's his job to be an ambassador, <laughs> like it's certainly not, but like without trying to, he totally is like this little ambassador for like, hey, adoption is great. Hey, special needs adoption is great. Oh, hey, special needs in general, just all around the board, like that's great. So that's been, that's been neat to see. So what's next for the Schwamburgers? Chris jokes that if it was up to Bethann, they'd already have a house full. Chris loves to joke. He loves to joke that like if it were up to me, we would already have 12 kids with special needs right now <laughs> living with us, which, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely make decisions with my heart and my feelings and not, <laughs> not always with my head. But I will say this after having Holden, who's just, we only have one child right now. I think that perspective has changed for me because I realize how, <laughs> how much work it is to be a parent. And I mean, it's amazing and I love it. But that whole notion of, you know, having 12 kids in our house right now, I think now I'm like, no, no, no. We can, <laughs> we can, we can space it out a little bit. We can take our time. We definitely want to adopt again. After bringing Holden home, I think pretty quickly we realized, like, hey, this is pretty great. Like, let's let's keep adopting. We kind of like checked in with each other and we're like, do you want to like try to get pregnant? 
nah. Do you want to try to get pregnant? Nah. <laughs> Let's keep adopting. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really kind of how it went. So, yeah, we both kind of, I think, decided pretty quickly, like, yeah, we want to adopt again. Um, but still, we still have that thought in the back of our minds, like, you know, there is plenty of room for God to make something happen <laughs> if he wants to. We're just not, we're just not actively trying. I mean, there are several things I think that are making us take our time. One would be finances because, you know, it it is quite expensive and it was much easier to, you know, save up the first time because I was working full time (laughs) before Holden came home. Since he's come home, I've worked very part time, very sporadic type of different things. And then two, there's certain costs costs for Holden that we want to make sure we're taking care of. Bethann and Chris want to get Holden a wheelchair that he can use to play basketball and race. And when he gets a little bit older, they want to get him an adaptive car. Our hearts are definitely still for international adoption and special needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we would probably open up that checklist a a bit more. Bethann Schwamberger is a mom, entrepreneur, and podcaster living in San Diego, California with her husband, Chris, and their son, Holden. You can find her on the web at brilliantbusinessmoms.com, and you can also find her show in iTunes. Just search for Brilliant Business Moms. Today's podcast was recorded and produced by me, Sarah Evans. If you enjoyed the show, please take a quick minute to subscribe in iTunes. Each and every subscription, rating, and review will help make bringing up Betty easier for other parents to find. For notes on today's show, please visit bringingupbetty.com slash 10. Also, don't forget about our new feature, the question of the month. Every few weeks, I'll be posting a new question on bringingupbetty.com, a question that I want you to respond to. There's a place on the website to record your answer directly from your phone or computer. Just visit bringingupbetty.com, then click share your story at the top. This month's question is, how have your child's special needs changed Halloween for your family? There are only a few more days to contribute your answer to the current question, so be sure to visit the website and record your answer. Your answers will be used for an upcoming episode, and this is a great chance to share your stories. Today's podcast was brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Betty. If you're looking for more ways to support the show, visit our website and click support. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.